Bonjour, guten Morgen, good morning. Welcome to this Media for Europe conference. This is a series of events that we organize at important milestones for the program Stars for Media. This program and the consortium behind it will be explained in a few minutes by Catalina. Catalina representing VUB, which is leading this uh, consortium. I'm Christophe Leclerc, the founder of the Euroactive Media Network. You have a logo here and of Europe's Media Lab, another logo uh, there. And fittingly, we are speaking just behind the newsroom of uh, Euroactive. Indeed, we are here about the media and about news, notably. Let me say a few words about the context and about the goals for this uh, event. The context. There is war in Europe. Of course, we stand by Ukraine, but is that enough to stand by them? Should we not think about the special role the media could play in solving the current problems, but also in preventing future wars? Let's think. If there was a free press in Russia and Belarus, would we have the same situation? If the oligarchs were not as dominant in Central and Eastern Europe, would we have the, situa the same situation? Probably not. What is very important for the media sector is to increase its impact notably vis-à-vis -vis the platforms spreading all kinds of fake news, and also to increase its sustainability, including its business sustainability. Yes, I don't mind using the word uh, business. And this is very much the background to this uh, event. Uh, during this event, we will uh, go from the big picture to uh, describing the needs and the different programs which exist uh, to help the media sector and then we will award uh, some prizes to winners of the past uh, Stars for Media uh, program. During all these proceedings, uh, this is a hybrid event, so we have a very full room here at Euractive. It's great to see you. And we have many more people who are online. I hear 130 people registered, and then all those who are not registered and welcome anyway, and all those that will watch these proceedings uh, on uh, YouTube for the replay uh, afterwards. Before uh, moving to the panel that is already standing here, we will uh, have two uh, keynote statements uh, setting a little bit the big picture, namely uh, Vice President uh, Jourova and then uh, Joanna Kravchek uh, from Gazeta Viborska, who is also uh, leading LENA. LENA is the leading European newspaper alliance. Uh, grouping big media like uh, Le Figaro, uh, Die Welt, uh, Le Soir here, and of course Gazeta Viborska itself, and uh, several uh, others. Indeed, the current, the new program, Stars for Media News, is different from the previous ones. The previous ones were more uh, editorial cooperation, sometimes small scale. Now we are going into bigger projects, also between medium and large scale uh, companies. But before saying more about the program, which mainly Catalina will do, let's listen to the big picture uh, from the uh, Vice President of the European Commission, Vera Jourova. Ladies and gentlemen, today journalists are in the front line the in Ukraine to inform us voilà. at the risk of their lives. They are our eyes under Russian bombs. They show us what Russia does not want us to see. Our first priority is the safety of journalists. 
This is why the EU has already dedicated more than 6 million euros for protective equipment, training and also relocation when necessary for journalists in Ukraine. But even in the EU, journalists are at risk for doing their work. This is why we presented last year, for the first time ever, recommendations to member states to improve the safety of journalists. We want to provide journalists facing threats with legal and psychological support and increase their protection online and offline, for instance, during demonstrations. More so, a few days ago, I proposed legislation to protect journalists against abusive lawsuits, the so-called slaps. These abusive proceedings are often David against Goliath fights. Those bringing these lawsuits are wealthy and powerful. The targets, usually not so. But they speak in the public interest, they keep power in check, and this is why we need to protect them. And we will go further. We are now preparing the Media Freedom Act. The Act will enshrine, for the first time in EU law, common standards to protect media pluralism and the editorial independence of the media. Hand in hand with legislation, we are also dedicating more EU funding to support media projects. We have just announced 8 million euros in cross-border journalism partnerships and more will come. We support innovation and digital transformation as this is important for the sector to thrive in the long term. And at the same time, we address the too powerful role of online platforms. To sum up, the EU has never done so much to support media freedom and pluralism. And this is what democracies should be doing, now more than ever. Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Vice President uh, Jourova. Uh, you're active and many other media have their own think tank. The Vice President has her think tank in one person. That's uh, Marie Frenet from her cabinet here. And I have two questions for you, uh, Marie. First of all, I hear that uh, the Vice President is today in Riga, Latvia, close to the front line. Maybe you can tell us something about what she is doing there. Secondly, she mentioned journalism partnership. This is the program which is providing the main funding for Stars for Media. But there is a bigger picture. In December 2020, uh, the EU published the Media Action Plan, including the so-called News Bundle, which was asked for by a number of uh, stakeholders. There is more than the journalism partnership. And during this session, we want to look at all the opportunities, not just uh, our own. So maybe you can tell us about this uh, bigger picture as well. Thanks, Marie. Thank you, Christophe, and uh, thank you, everyone. Uh, the Vice President uh, wanted to be here with you. She wanted to congratulate uh, the, the team behind Stars for Media News, uh, which is indeed part of uh, the, our new uh, European Journalism Partnerships, and uh, it's really a flagship uh, of the Commission. So she wanted to be, to be here today, but indeed she is in, in Riga, she's in Latvia, she's meeting uh, the authorities, the Parliament, the media regulator, uh, as well as a Russian independent journalist. Uh, 
and we also uh, discussed this uh, before, the Vice President stated in the message, I mean, our top priority, of course, is the safety of journalists on the ground in Ukraine, but we should not forget about uh, Russian independent voices, and so she will meet uh, several journalists to understand the challenges that they face to, uh, to inform uh, Russian uh, people. We know that in Russia now the space is, is very closed, um, but we, we, tr we need to, to reach uh, Russian people with uh, trustworthy uh, information. And so this is why we need uh, Russian journalists, independent Russian journalists in the EU to be able to continue their investigations against, uh, you know, Russian oligarchs about corruption, about crime. So they need to be able to, to do their work in the EU, and this is what she will discuss with, with these journalists. And then uh, we mentioned uh, the, the funding, so about the, the European journalism partnerships. Uh, it's, as you said, it's really one, as, uh, and it was said, it's really one of our flagship, and we have a call uh, that is now open, and more opportunities will come. I think that there have never been so many uh, funding opportunities, and we have a great team behind this. Um, and there was a seminar now, not so long ago, to explain these different opportunities. And as it was described in the media or the visual action plan, we will have other projects coming related to innovation, related to data space. So there will be, there will be more to come. Uh, maybe a, a short follow-up uh, question. Uh, the Vice President was mentioning Goliaths and uh, Davids. If the Davids were getting a bit bigger and cooperating more, maybe they would be as strong as the Goliaths. Uh, one of the coordinating, uh, coordinating initiatives under the uh, news bundle, uh, the news initiative, is this news media forum. Can you tell us a little bit about the next steps? Yes, so it's a dialogue that we have with, uh, with the, media, the media sector. There, was, uh, there were actually two uh, meetings uh, last year, one on the safety of journalists, and it helped us prepare our recommendation on the safety of journalists. And then there was more focused uh, on uh, the industry challenges, and it's very important for the Commission. Both uh, Vice President Jourova and uh, Commissioner Breton were at the event, so it's very important for us, and we will continue this dialogue. So I don't have a, a precise date yet, but I can, I can reassure you that uh, this, this dialogue will continue with, uh, with our media partners. Thank you very much, Marie, also for your support. I would like to now introduce the next uh, statement, which is by Joanna uh, Kravchek. Uh, she's uh, one of the leading persons at uh, Gazeta Viborska. As you know, Gazeta Viborska is one of the two main independent newspapers uh, in Poland. I would say also close to the front line and uh, also flooded by uh, refugees. She's also heading the uh, Gazeta Viborska Foundation. And as I mentioned earlier, she's chairing uh, LENA, the leading European newspaper alliance. And uh, I would like to now listen to Joanna, what she has to say about uh, the role of the media and how it can be helped uh, more uh, in the future. Joanna. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, colleagues in the media landscape, I am very pleased and privileged to have this opportunity of addressing these few words to you on the occasion of the Media for Europe conference, which I regrettably am missing. Um, the last years have shown again that independent media is an essential service, something society cannot do without. Just imagine if in the last decade the only available information came from advertising, marketing, government uh, statements and tech platform with no journalists working according to professional values, their ethics and practices. 
And to say that the quality of trusted news and information would suffer is to say nothing. And this essential service, the mission of journalism, is in my opinion particularly vital in times of crisis. And actually we have done it all in the past few years. We've done reporting on climate catastrophe, on public health and on wars and conflict zones in the last few weeks. I was actually preparing this speech on May the 3rd, which is the International Press Freedom Day. And on this occasion in Gazda in which uh, I, I work, we published an IPI-inspired op-ed prepared together with eight Central European independent media. And this text is quite important because it puts it bluntly. The end of independent, viable media is the beginning of wars. We see now journalists covering a war that is spilling over to the whole region. Our journalists tell stories of losses that will affect generations. We explain and provide context to disturbing images, political statements and numbers. We do separate facts from propaganda 24 hours a day, and we do debunk misinformation disseminated by troll factories of Putin. We give a voice to the hundreds of thousands of Ukrainian refugees. We have been forced to assume new journalistic roles. We also support our colleagues in Ukraine who are on the most difficult assignment ever, often risking their lives to be able to bring the news to their readers. We have also shown solidarity with remaining independent Russian, but also Belarusian journalists who upheld journalistic values in increasingly hostile environments, but many of whom have either been arrested, exiled, or had their media shut, outlet shut down. In our own region, there are other countries under Russia's spell as well, where propaganda is elevated to the level of state doctrine. And with Orban spreading his illiberal influence across the region, we do understand that the fate of independent journalism in Hungary, for example, is our shared European fate. And I do believe that every silenced journalist, every political attack, every economical attack on media, whichever country it happens in, concerns the whole journalistic community and actually all democratic societies. And looking at this bleak landscape, I see four major challenges to media and journalism. The first continues to be the safety of journalists. The second, freedom of the press and information, and that this encompasses many issues in the digital age. It is about regulation of online discourse, it is about um, the growing role of online platforms, it is of course editorial independence, which is often at risk, very often due to the lack of financial independence. And this leads us to the third challenge, the economic viability of media. Over the past five years, global newspaper advertising revenues have halved and media must find new economic models to survive because economically dependent media are not free media. Last challenge is the crisis of trust. And in the midst of a populist and nationalist drift, the media have a fundamental role of setting the agenda of facts and acting as watchdogs. 
And because all of that, I would like all of us to consider defining and treating journalism as public good. And like other public goods, journalism plays a critical role in creating a healthy civic sphere by providing citizens with trusted information they do need to make informed decisions and participate in a free and open society. But for journalism to function as public good, it needs to operate in a viable environment. And so the question of its financing and innovation is more relevant today than it has ever been before. We have already acknowledged the crisis we are in, and now we have to continue designing and implementing very concrete measures necessary to ensure journalism sustainability as a public good. Someone once in the Reuters Institute said that the latest turbulence created by the current crisis has produced few winners and many losers. And obviously, these winners are mainly big brand news organization in major markets, while the losers are largely smaller, very often local outlets in markets that were already struggling. And I firmly believe that media support instruments might primarily address the challenges facing the many losers in the news media space. And without effective change, the biggest loser will be us, the public. And I do believe that this risk will be somehow minimized by Stars for Media program, because it's innovative practices, fostering editorial, but also technological marketing innovation, building new media partnerships, so important nowadays, supporting mobility and virtual co cooperation, also boosting quality, and uh, diverse journalism are urgently needed to make independent media resilient. I am especially happy to see that these efforts are also inclusive and fair, since the victims of Russian war with Ukraine, our Ukrainian colleagues and Ukrainian media can also be part of our program. I am wishing you the best of luck in us answering these and other questions, uh, questions of what else can be done in safeguarding journalism as public good via innovations such as Stars for Media program. And I do hope you have a very interesting conference time. Thank you very much, uh, Joanna. Joanna Kauczek is one of the members of the advisory committee of Stars for Media. And I think having heard her, you can understand why I'm happy about it. There are others as well, also in uh, Western Europe. Uh, we do have a few men involved in uh, this program uh, as well, by the way, uh, also on this panel that I will introduce in, in a minute. But some of you are not familiar with this program yet, and you probably wonder who is behind Stars for Media, who is leading it, and what is the evolution between the current uh, batch of projects where we will award the best and the next uh, program, Stars for Media. Catalina. Uh, welcome everyone. Um, it is my pleasure actually to, to welcome you today after uh, two editions of Stars for Media, now uh, starting the third one, Stars for Media News. Stars for Media is a program that fosters media innovation through cross-border collaboration and that is implemented with the support of the European Union by a consortium of partners. These are led the Free Universität Brussel, uh, 
which is the project coordinator or program coordinator together with Europe's Media Lab, the World Association of News Publishers, the European Federation of, of Journalists and the European Journalism Centre. If in the previous editions we were aiming for initiatives that bring together teams from different countries to work on journalism cooperations or um, media technology or marketing innovations, in the new editions of Stars, Stars for Media, Stars for Media News, we aim for bigger projects that foster newsroom or business transformation. These projects are bigger not only in terms of teams' components, but also in terms of grants and in terms of support that they can receive, up to 100,000 euros per project, uh, including both direct financial support and coaching from experts in the media field relevant to the specific project's topics. The call uh, was already launched. You can find it on the Stars for Media website. And I think it will also be pasted in the chat uh, for those who follow our conversation online. Uh, I will be glad to tell you a bit more about the Stars for Media news and also the results of the Stars for Media second edition uh, in the later session. But for now, I will uh, give the floor back to Christophe and to our panelists. Thank you very much, uh, Catalina. So I would like to introduce uh, the panel in a second. Before doing that, uh, let me indeed point to uh, Slido. I have a tablet here which brings the different questions uh, that people ask, and uh, I will take these questions probably in two rounds after the panel will have done their introductory uh, statements. Uh, there was already somebody, for example, mentioning, we haven't yet mentioned the Al Jazeera journalists killed in the West Bank. Uh, it's not directly the focus uh, of this program, but I do want to mention uh, this uh, important question. Unfortunately, there have been uh, similar things uh, happening also uh, in the east uh, of Europe. So do make use of the Slido uh, chat, which will um, bring some interactivity after the panel. I will now introduce the panel in one go before giving the floor to each of them uh, in that order. Uh, Paolo Cesarini, I can't help mentioning your previous uh, job as a head of unit at DigiConnect, where you were in charge of uh, triggering a number of uh, related projects, and we got to know each other uh, better, together also with Giuliano in the room and others, uh, when you were organizing the high-level expert group on disinformation. This is the problem, the disinformation. Now we are talking about elements of a uh, solution. Your main job now is to be on the management board of EMIF, the new European Media and Information Fund, which was created in close cooperation with EDMO, European Digital Media Observatory, where I should mention by transparency that I am on the uh, advisory board. Renate Schroeder, most people uh, know you. Uh, I would say you are here with uh, three hats. You are a director of the European Federation of Journalists, gathering most journalist trade unions uh, in Europe. So you represent, in a way, the demand for such a project. Secondly, you are continuing on the jury of uh, Stars for Media. And thirdly, uh, you are also involved in another project. And the spirit of this session is that we mention other projects as well, which is about local journalism, which I'm sure uh, you will mention. Lars, the European Centre for Journalism has joined this consortium uh, recently, and it's a great addition. Uh, you bring uh, new impetus, new methodology, a wide uh, address book, and I'm sure you will tell us uh, about that uh, in a minute. Last but not least, we have Max von Abentroth, uh, who is currently one of the leaders of Philea, 
uh, grouping most of the philanthropy work uh, in Europe. Uh, in previous lives, uh, Max was involved in the media sector advocating for the type of uh, policies that we are now seeing uh, emerging. It takes time, but it has uh, results uh, in the end. And maybe you will tell us a little bit about what funding uh, might be available from the philanthropy sector to complement the public funding and mainly the business funding, because we talk of press freedom, diversification of funding is essential for uh, press freedom. So having done this uh, overview, I can now give the floor uh, directly uh, to Paolo. Uh, what would you like to say about complementing what uh, Marie Frenet and uh, Vice President Jourova have said? What would you like to say about the variety of programs which try to help the modernization of the media sector? Uh, thank you, Christophe. I'm really pleased to be here with you today. And just for an initial statement, just to break the ice uh, and keep the conversation rolling, I would like to um, say two things, in essence. One is about the importance, I would like to underline the importance of the uh, holistic approach that the Commission has taken in respect of the uh, news media ecosystem uh, through a policy mix that combines regulatory reforms and the better designed systems of funding instruments. That is, uh, that is the first point. The second point I would like to underline afterwards is uh, the, uh, in order for this policy mix to succeed, it will be important that stakeholders play their full role so that they take these policy changes and shifts as an opportunity to really fully embrace uh, important changes that they need to face if the survival of independent media uh, has to succeed and must succeed for our democracies. Uh, uh, changes that, uh, that concerns management, innovation, and also more direct involvement in the shaping up of industrial policy for the future. On the first point, uh, uh, well, it was very eloquently explained before by Vice President Jurova and by Maria Frenet in answering the follow-on questions that democracy cannot be, and media pluralism that support democracy cannot be taken for granted, not even in our Western societies. The events in uh, uh, Ukraine and the, and the conflict uh, and the invasion of Russia of, uh, of Ukraine shows that uh, independent medias are vital, lymph for uh, peaceful societies, for democratic societies, and they need to be supported. But that support also concerns our own societies. And uh, in terms of uh, uh, achieving that goal, I think the uh, portfolio of measures that needs to be put in place is wide. Uh, from the regulatory point of view, there is a number of initiatives that revolves around different aspects of this problem. The latest one that we are anxiously waiting for is the Media Freedom Act, of course, that will complement, as we have just heard, uh, other in initiatives that directly address the issue of safety of journalists. And we have to complement other important aspects such as, you know, what it means, what does it mean, media pluralism, how consolidation in, in industrial terms, should be appraised in the assessment of future operations that would uh, change structurally the, uh, uh, the media markets, in the news media markets in the future. But there is also a, a, a lingering question that is difficult to <laughs> uh, summarize, but it is there. What it means, editorial independence. 
especially when you link this question on uh, with the need for uh, media to find a diversified source of funding and dependence on funders in order to move ahead and uh, embrace innovation from their own side. So me the Media Freedom Act, uh, I think, will be a, an essential key point for addressing these questions. The other one is about uh, the role that, of course, online platforms have been <laughs> playing so evidently in the uh, last years and the way they have conditioned the public sphere uh, through uh, their own overwhelming power. And uh, what is now in the process of being concluded, and I must say, I was surprised about the speed at which the process has, uh, the legislative process has been going on, the DSA, the Digital Service Act, will provide a, a, an answer, of course, for uh, ensuring that uh, uh, online platforms will take seriously their responsibilities that we know very well since the last year attack on Capitol Hills, how far they can go in, uh, in terms of shaping the public opinion and having real impact offline. Uh, and the, and the, and the, and the uh, DSA will certainly provide other important uh, questions, uh, an answer to other important questions uh, regarding the responsibility that platforms will have in order to uh, moderate the content uh, and to ensure freedom of expression online and to also play more transparently their role by disclosing data to uh, independent researchers. That is fundamental. But still there is also an important question that it will not be directly addressed uh, that needs further thinking, I think, is what content moderation really means, what are the uh, uh, risks that needs to be avoided. Uh, Elon Musk and Twitter uh, uh, events really shows how tricky is uh, 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 this question. Um, on, the, uh, on the other uh, uh, point, uh, the, on this policy mix point, the other thing is about the, the good idea of bundling the different funding instruments together. So uh, Creative Europe, Horizon, uh, uh, Horizon Europe, uh, the, the Digital Europe program, uh, all now converging in a way that uh, the news media bundle or the news initiative, it is now uh, acting as a focal point for uh, shaping these uh, initiatives. And that is very, very uh, important. The journalism, the journalist partnerships as a flagship, as we mentioned before, I don't need to uh, say more. I would like to add another flagship, what I consider to be a flagship, but from more from the point of view of ensuring a resilience of the public sphere in general, uh, which is uh, the European Digital Media Observatory. I know that you, uh, for you it is very familiar, but the Digital Media Observatory, again, it is one of those projects where the Commission has invested resources to create an infrastructure both, uh, uh, that is spread, that is decentralized through national hubs uh, that should help creating a better understanding of what it is today, the information landscape, and uh, to create the tools in order to avoid that risks will affect how the de public debate happens in these new digital public spaces. Uh, on EMIF, uh, Paolo, I suggest that you say a few words uh, later as mm -hmm. part of the question round. Yeah, in fact, uh, I, will, I will intend to, to reserve that for later. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> just to be, just to be uh, very practical, uh, Marie was mentioning 8 million uh, euros. This is very substantial for media. Uh, to put things into perspective, uh, EMIF has 25 million euros uh, to distribute, and this is from private sector money. 
and this is in addition to many other uh, initiatives. So you see that there are several streams contributing to the modernization of the media sector. Uh, there are not many questions on Slido yet. I think also the physical participants in the room have received a link to Slido and that's the uh, device to use in order to put questions. We will not walk around with a, a microphone. And the uh, 130 people who are registered online, please do chip in with your practical questions if you want, including uh, to Paolo. Now, let's move to uh, Renate. Uh, as I said, you stand for the trade unions, for the journalist rights, but also for their livelihood, for their existence, uh, as, as you would say in, uh, in German. Um, so maybe you can tell us a little bit of, uh, about how you relate to the various programs which are on offer. Well, yeah, first of all, thank you, Christoph. Thank you for having organized this panel. Welcome to everybody. Um, I just wanted to say one thing, having listened to everybody, that I'm sort of proud to say, because unions have the, um, are normally supposed to be late. Journalism is the public good has been our motto for almost 20 years. And I remember at the beginning, nobody took us seriously. And now I feel it's, I hear it everywhere. So this is, good. It also shows where the crises are. Um, and it shows how important indeed all these projects the Commission is, is, is supporting is. And as you said, the holistic approach in all of them. We have to empower a legal framework for journalists to work in. That's why SLAP is so important. But we also know, as you said, that... Um, I'm really sorry, this micro is not easy. Uh, <laughs> that the question of sustainability, as said before, is a big one, and the question of trust is very central for us. Because, just as an example, yesterday I met police officers, because the question of safety is closely related to that, and a few of them were very critical of the so-called hashtag journalists of today. So I had also to explain where it comes from, clickblade philosophy, why we have a market failure in journalism and what we can do against it. So coming to the project, I was also asked to say a few words about um, this Stars for Media project, the last one too, where I was the chair of a jury on quality, trust and participation. And I have to say, it really gave me hope. It really showed me throughout Europe what a rich, richness, what a richdom, how do you say in English? Richness is, is there, how young people are motivated to go a little bit out of their box, to try new things, to get engaged with the audience, with the young uh, audience, to get aware that diversity in the newsroom is essential to get trust, what, what we all need, that we need to go local, that because we have many local news deserts and people do not get the right to know at local level anymore. So there have been some interesting projects there. There have been interesting projects in terms of new forms of storytelling, audio, uh, even theater, you name it, some very interesting things. When you are not able to write anymore, what you can do, you may put it in a theater. And um, 
of course, media literacy projects, um, which are always important in order to understand the role of journalists and, 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 and to, to get youngsters also even to pay for journalism, to understand that. So this has been a pleasure for me and I feel it has been successful. Of course, it has still been a sort of niche. Um, in the last project, we also included freelance journalists because often it's the freelance journalists who are the most um, attacked. At the same time, it's a freelance journalist. Some of them are forced to be freelancers. Some of them want to be freelancers to leave the media they do not feel themselves part of anymore. They don't feel the vocation of being a journalist they can, can fulfill in, in today's media where clickbait is, is the way to get money and that's difficult. So for us, it's very important to, to, to also support journalists as publishers and all the many new digital um, digital models there are. So um, you also asked me about other projects. Um, the EFJ now is in another project um, with Journalism Fund on local investigative journalism. So we, we switched a little bit while we keep continuing to, to support, of course, Eurective uh, on, on, on many levels. I will also continue to be in the jury. But for us, as I said before, this this news deserts at local level are so important that we feel we have to do something more there. The EFJ will also, as part of that other project, do safety training because we know very much how important that is, digital safety training, uh, physical safety training, and all that. I guess exile journalism we talk in, in, in another round, or you would it, you maybe like to say it me? will be one of my follow-up questions okay. after finishing the round. I, I indeed want to handle that as well. Uh, but first, we move uh, to Lars. Uh, as I indicated uh, already, uh, you have a number of training programs. I would say it's more than training, it's benchmarking, etc. And you bring this expertise uh, into uh, this consortium. You will also mention another program, uh, which is handled by uh, EJC. Uh, and we have actually published two weeks ago uh, a press release mentioning a number of different programs because there are different needs and different uh, opportunities. This is not competitive, this is collaborative. In fact, I'm giving a hint to our team to put on Slido uh, a link to this uh, press release. So Lars, uh, how would you uh, contribute? Yeah, thank you, uh, Christophe. Uh, happy to be here in, uh, in Brussels. Um, <coughs> it's interesting to listen in. Uh, uh, the many challenges, some say problems, some say challenges of journalism. Uh, and sometimes I also think where, where in journalism do we actually start and where does it uh, end? I, I don't think it ends in uh, many ways. But um, I'm, I'm running the uh, European Journalism Center Foundation. I uh, make sure that I always add that to it because uh, people might think that we are a, a, a school or uh, another uh, education. I don't think we need more education uh, schools because there's many of them and they do great work. Um, but what we are doing is um, uh, starting with the story of HAC, um, uh, support, strengthen and develop journalism. I don't like the word help. I like the word support. Um, support is much more uh, interesting. Help is very often uh, short-lived. Uh, uh, support can have a longer effect. We do this, uh, we're very happy to contribute to, uh, to the Stars for Media. We are new uh, on, the, on the team. Um, and uh, I think it's one of the many programs that we do. We, we do grants, we do training, we do accelerators. 
we do transformation, but we also distribute uh, knowledge and resources. And that goes through lots of communities that we have. Uh, we have the biggest community for data journalism, datajournalism.com. Um, we have uh, the Freelance Journalist Assembly, where we bring together freelancers. I think there's needs to be more done more for ju uh, freelance journalists, for sure. Uh, so lots of things I hear uh, speak to our heart. And in um, Stars for Media, what we try uh, here to contribute is uh, thinking in uh, impact. Lots of programs and projects that are being run uh, focus on uh, reaching goals, but reaching goals is not uh, the only thing. That is always good to reach your goals, but uh, real change comes through impact. Um, and there's always a discussion about what is goals and impact, and what is impact actually? Well, we have um, come up with the impact framework that we will contribute to uh, to Stars for Media, where we at the beginning uh, test uh, the participants. Am I still? Uh, yeah, uh, the participants and on where they stand. What is their mission, vision? Where do they want to go? What do they want to change? Are they ready for it? What does it need? Because I think that will give the uh, the, the coaches, the great team of coaches that we put together, uh, the ability to to focus on uh, what is necessary there and. During the process of uh, explore and and later on boost, we'll follow up. Uh, we will make sure that we'll in the in the meantime also keep up uh, with measurement and then at the end also look at it, and see where uh, these changes have taken place. So that's very specific. It's quite exciting to uh, to add it to it. Uh, we have to mix it in into the into the great work that is already being done. So that's quite a challenge, but I think that is uh, on its way. And um, yeah, I look forward to uh, to see how we can uh, work more on the, on the impact framework. I'm I'm installing an impact framework for the whole AGC. I don't think we can do without. You have to think about a theory of change or a, a road to impact. Um, because what is it actually that you do? What are you trying to uh, support? What are you trying to improve? And I th believe that impact uh, there is crucial. And I also see that many funders these days ask specifically about it. So hopefully uh, we can uh, we can make a, a mark there and uh, and 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 uh, improve. Show a great example how you can improve things as well. Yeah. This uh, cooperation with Stars for Media starts very well. I really like this notion of an impact framework. We have in the room uh, the chair of the board of Euractiv, Rick Zednik, maybe that will inspire this media uh, as well. Impact, uh, Renato was mentioning earlier a market gap. These are words that the philanthropy world likes uh, to fit where others uh, have not done what uh, they could have been doing or perhaps where others have their own limitations, and we know that governments should not uh, over-subsidize and over-influence uh, the media, uh, of course. How do you see the philanthropy world complementing what others are doing? Thank you very much, Christoph, and thank you very much also for, for having me here for this discussion with all of you in the room and online. Um, I'd like to suggest uh, to look at a free, independent and diverse media as a fabric of democracy. And this, um, this fabric is important to kind of ensure that uh, there's accountability with policymakers, there's a pluralistic um, culture of views in a society, and um, there, there is independent media out there. Um, the fabric is woven by three fibers, in my view. Um, one is the public media that we all know and that is stable and will continue to be there as we know it, I guess. 
Um, the second one is about private and commercial media. That is for me the fiber that's getting thinner and thinner and more fragile. And then there's a third one, which uh, I would like to call the philanthropically funded media. This is a fiber which is today still very thin, but it has a lot of potential. And um, so the question now is, what can we do in order to build this philanthropically funded media up? Um, what is philanthropy? Philanthropy is private resources for public good. Um, these private resources cannot travel easily to media and journalism. There are legal barriers. The legal barrier that uh, most of the foundations face across Europe is that journalism is not acknowledged as a charity purpose. And uh, therefore, um, you have to find like detours to put your money in this field. And um, that, of course, complicates things. Um, the area that philanthropy is supporting is uh, what we call the public interest journalism or non-profit journalism. And um, as I said before, this is currently a niche and has potential to become more mainstream. Um, maybe just um, giving you three ideas how, how philanthropy can fund journalism. One is short-term in projects. Most of you know that who are involved in this area. Um, it's mostly not very satisfying because it's very limited. There's a lot of bureaucracy linked to it, so it's... Um, it's a bit of a burdensome way of receiving funding. Um, the other one is long-term, that's core funding. That's what we all hope for. Um, it requires a lot of trust between the funder and the grantee. And uh, that is also the kind of funding practice that we promote across the sector. And then there's a third one, which I would like to call the emergency funding. Uh, we have examples out there like the JX Fund, um, who, who pull together resources now to fund journalists in emigration, um, like from the Ukraine, from Russia, and from Belarus. Um, this direct funding um, is, oh, there are three funding opportunities. The direct funding, so going directly with money from a foundation to a grantee. Then there's a co-funding approach. Um, the co-funding approach that we can see reflected in Europe in, in Civitatis, for example, an organization that is bundling 21 foundations who are pulling their resources together to really make a difference in this field. And I would consider also public-private partnerships which are currently developing between the EU and um, the, the foundation sector as uh, co-funding approaches, so as the new alliance on the way. And finally, and that's a new field, is impact investing. Uh, we, we probably all have heard about this example of pluralis. Um, that's a very interesting way for philanthropy also to come in as an investor. Which areas are funded? Um, there are, of course, many areas, and we heard some of them, but I would like to highlight um, a couple. Uh, one is uh, journalism directly. So we're talking about local journalism, investigative journalism, data journalism, just to give a bit of an idea of the specific areas that are in the scope of philanthropic funding. Infrastructure is very important for journalists. Um, we're talking here about databases, um, collaboration spaces, um, also safe, safe spaces for journalists that, um, that cannot work at home because uh, they are uh, under political pressure. Um, another one is innovation. Uh, so giving philanthropic funding into areas where new business models can be developed and tested. Um, the content creation uh, can be innovated and also the way how content is disseminated um, can be innovated. Stars for Media News, I think, is a great project in this field and, and really a core block um, to look at also from the philanthropic perspective. 
Um, there are two other aspects that I really find interesting. One is um, the ability of philanthropy to create structures that can neutralize public funding into, new um, into, into journalism. I mean, we, we all know that uh, um, public funding directly for journalism and content creation is problematic because it's not necessarily independent or there's a risk of becoming dependent. And um, there are ways of, of neutralizing this public funding through structures built up by philanthropy. And um, the last point here is about the co-investing. Co I mentioned that already before with Pluralis. This is a very new venture and uh, testing it. And the first um, results look actually very promising. So something um, to build on. Yeah, so this is uh, just a brief overview of how philanthropy can come into this field. And I'm happy um, to see questions to discuss this a little bit further. Thank you. Thank you, Max. I think that was a very good overview. And if I step back a little bit from the different opportunities mentioned by different people, I would say there are cultures coming together because the challenges are so big. Uh, 20 years ago, as Renato was saying, the trade unions were pushing in one direction and the publishers were at least perceived uh, in per pushing in another direction. I think it's a perception more a reality, but that, that was definitely an issue. And now uh, you see somebody standing for the philanthropy sector with a deep uh, knowledge and heart in the media sector, uh, explaining opportunities from non-profit opportunities to investing with impact, but also a little bit of a profit-making uh, objective. So the spectrum uh, of opportunities is wide and people are coming together. So I hope this and also the upcoming award ceremony in a few minutes is exciting uh, the people who are watching us online in order to propose their ideas and maybe to get out of their local or national box and to cooperate with others in order that the Goliaths are bec the, that the Davids are becoming uh, Goliaths. Now, before uh, moving to the award ceremony, we'll have one round uh, of questions only for time reason. I have one question for uh, each of you, having looked at uh, Slido as well. First of all, going back to uh, Paolo, EMIF. Uh, you presented a broad policy overview and you didn't have uh, much time to uh, introduce uh, your, your new venture, uh, I would say, to use uh, that word. So can you mention uh, the mission, a few key words, and what's the very next uh, deadline? Okay, uh, uh, I deliberately didn't mention MF in the first round. Uh, uh, and indeed, I'm happy to do it now after, in particular, Max's uh, intervention. MF, you know, it is the result of a, a partnership between uh, uh, the uh, European University Institute in Florence and the Gulbenkian Foundation. And its uh, mission is to support uh, uh, the activities that uh, the European Digital Media Observatories it is carrying out uh, in its uh, 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 in its activities that are directed to uh, countering disinformation and, and more broadly to create a digital space which is more understandable and uh, more trustable. AMIF um, um, is a project financing uh, initiative. It's a multi-donor fund uh, that has just started its operation at the beginning of this year. And we have published four calls already since the, uh, in the last few months. Our four main areas of interventions are, uh, you can imagine that we have our, our focus is mainly on disinformation. So our main our, our intervention are uh, fact-checking. We need to boost fact-checking. We need to, uh, to ensure that fact-checking newsroom can scale up. Uh, but going beyond that, and that is the second area, uh, uh, we need also to ensure that uh, there is more uh, 
multidisciplinary approach in the way in which journalism it is understood. So the, the second call was really to, uh, is really trying to bring together different perspectives into journalistic investigative journalism activities, bringing data analysts and journalism together and also academic researchers in order to have focus reports, situational analysis, threat analysis, and uh, also uh, providing concrete examples through case, case studies of how uh, uh, the money are flowing into the different uh, 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 information activities. What is the to give some more concreteness to the follow the money concept that has been so much spoken about when it comes to the use of advertising revenues by platforms and how that can skew actually the content that people get online. The third area is about research. And now research, you may say, oh, again, another uh, fund that, uh, that uh, support research. It's true. There is a lot of research out there, academic research around the impact of digital media from different perspectives, from the cognitive science point of view down to the economic side. But I think what is important for MFE is to combine research and implementation. We need to have impact, you said, and that it is really intriguing and important for me to, uh, to hear because uh, research without any, an, an empirical part where you can implement solutions through sandboxes, for instance, would only be a repetition of what exists already. And we do not want to repeat what exists already. And the fourth area, it is about media literacy. Again, something that is very much uh, spoken about, uh, which is a broad, very broad uh, uh, challenge. But that needs to be uh, uh, tackled with sufficient resources and the resources, as far as I understand, ne are never enough in this particular area. We started with this first call on, on media literacy by trying to stimulate uh, an approach which has the maximum multiplier effect, so training the trainer approach. So. Uh, the call are closed now. Uh, so this first round of close uh, of uh, of uh, um, uh, calls is closed on the 29th of April. But pay, uh, keep in mind that the, for fact checking there are three funding rounds. It's a permanent call with three funding rounds every year, and the next will be uh, in uh, in um, after after the summer break. And the next calls will be in December. If you ask me about the deadlines, the next calls for all four areas will be uh, in December. And in the meantime, we want to really to create the conditions for uh, uh, stakeholders to come forward with good proposals, also by interlinking with other initiatives. And that is really my final point, but, uh, which I really um, would like to emphasize. There are many initiatives that fund independent journalism and address this problem from different angles. Uh, but we need to, I think, uh, uh, to find a way to maximize the impact of these different in, uh, uh, initiatives. We need to talk more uh, between organizations that found this type of activities and to find probably also a common grounds of principles to defend on one side editorial independence and at the same time maximize impact by having complementarity instead of competition between the different initiatives. Thank you, Paolo. And uh, Max, I would like to give you the floor, in fact, before Renate and Lars, because uh, it's logical, building on the last point uh, made by Paolo. Uh, we were at the same table at the difference day on the eve of the International Press Freedom Day, and we were talking about uh, whether there is an overview somewhere of all the different opportunities, because even people who are nearly insiders like myself don't perceive everything. Uh, it's not easy uh, to engage media leaders who may be far away from these uh, circles. 
Um, interestingly, Paolo was mentioning in his earlier intervention the idea of bundling the different EU initiatives, uh, or several, not all of them, under the news bundle, but that's just the EU. There are many other things. And I understand that Philea has inherited the interesting project Journalism Funders Forum. So what could be done in order to make it easier for media leaders to get this support? Yeah, I mean, uh, you are exactly right, Christoph. This is a field which is not very well connected. Um, there is a, 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 a bubble, let's say, a close group of people who know each other, but it's really just a small group. And um, uh, what I find interesting in this space is there is so much opportunity to create links between the different actors and make sure that we don't compete with each other but collaborate. And that's why uh, Philea, together with the Journalism Funders Forum, which is a group of six funders, uh, journalism funders who come together to, to learn from each other and inspire each other, but this is something that will grow over the next years, um, they kicked off a mapping exercise to map out all the different journalism funders across Europe and beyond, but then also the networks related to that and the different funding uh, funds, um, so collaboratives that exist already between funders. The idea is to, to profile them and make sure that we create a space where they can come together, get to know each other and start working together. And really in the spirit of um, this is an area where we can simply not afford to compete. Yeah, this is an area where we have to collaborate and do things jointly in order to move the needle and the urgency. I mean, we heard it before. The building on the other comment earlier by Paolo that there is quite a lot of research already um, I know there are some EU officials uh, listening, and uh, I would advocate having some kind of very practical research, bringing different things together, philanthropy, EU, uh, business-funded uh, uh, opportunities in some kind of very practical overview with Q&A approaches, etc. And the spirit of this session now is to go one step uh, in this uh, direction. I'd like to mention my next question to Lars and to let him think about it because maybe it's a difficult question and meanwhile to put a question to uh, Renate. Um, I've known the European Centre for Journalism for a long time. A while back it was, if I simplify, uh, mainly a training institute working for the EU institutions. Then it worked a lot with uh, social media platforms on other types of programs and it seems that under your leadership you will try to do both, uh, basically. And I know there are some people, notably one in the room, I'm thinking uh, of uh, the lady there, but I don't know if she wants to be mentioned by name. Uh, there are some people who think there is a problem with Google, Facebook and others funding media initiatives and therefore gaining uh, influence. So maybe you can answer this difficult question uh, in a few minutes. Meanwhile, Renate, yes, the East is super important. And we are all trying that our programs are fitting the needs of uh, Central Europe, where there are many oligarch and government interference problems, and even more uh, the needs of Eastern uh, Europe. For example, uh, the uh, official footprint for Stars for Media does include Ukraine. It does include Ukraine. I want to say it twice, because some people think it's only about the EU. No, it's not only about the EU. And there are ways to subcontract work to other media further east, including uh, Russia, Belarus, but also uh, Georgia, uh, etc. Uh, but perhaps you could say a few words, uh, Renate, from your viewpoint about helping the exile media, of which there are many more. And I would make the question a little bit more challenging. 
my perception is that there is plenty of short-term aid, and you said better, no, uh, I think uh, Lars was saying better uh, support than, than help. There's plenty of short-term help, um, but how will those media be uh, sustainable? What kind of medium-term uh, support can we provide to them? Um, well, first of all, regarding Ukraine, I think it's very good that Ukraine is included, but I also think it will be very difficult for Ukrainian journalists at the moment to apply to think about it while they are covering the war. Um, regarding Ukrainian journalists, um, we had a safety fund. We offer journalists to leave the country. There's a residence program. Kosovo has invited 10 journalists to live in Kosovo to work from there in safety and all that. So far, two Ukrainian journalists left the country. That means they, for them, it's important to report, to report, to be in the Ukraine, knowing all the safety risks. And we have to applaud them for that. In Russia, the situation is a bit different, of course. We don't have to repeat uh, the situation there is. There's no independent media at all anymore. Right after the war started and, and the new legacy framework um, put, in, uh, put in, there are about 150 journalists that left the country, uh, including journalists from Nova Gazeta. Um, they, most of them went to Turkey, to Georgia, to Armenia. We asked the European Union for emergency visas. We don't know exactly where we stand there yet. It's not an easy subject. I was very happy to hear today that um, Vera Jourova said that she's talking to Russian um, journalists or Russian-speaking journalists, because um, we all know how important that is. And I really like this project, which is also supported by JX, I don't know if people know here about it. It's actually Reporters Without Borders with some, I think, specifically German foundation, also with quite a bit of money from, from the German state, who, who got this exile program for, for journalists in exile, specifically Russian and Belarus um, journalists, and also to help them have a newsroom abroad. Nova Gazeta Europe, I find it's very interesting. It's in English, it's in Russian. It, they also want to work with crowdfunding but of course they need financial support for me this is we will see but this is I had a look at the website it's it's excellent work done and we need more of Nova Gazetas in in Europe um, having said that I think um, we should not only think of Central Eastern Europe for example this year we have our general meeting in Turkey and I was asked they look for funding specifically on local journalism and for some reasons in creative Europe Turkey is not a direct partner this is not beyond our, our discussion here, but for that it will also be interesting to talk to you because I have to bring to the Turkish colleagues some ideas. And of course, uh, public money won't be there. So I think the philanthropic side could be, could be very interesting indeed. What is important in terms of long-term, specifically for exile journalism, you need a program, you need to help them with digital security. We all know that. It's Pegasus spyware and other... It's, it's very, very important. There are great technical tools, but journalists have to learn that. Journalists have to have psychological support, trauma, for example. I know the ECPMF, the European Center for Press and Media Freedom in Leipzig, they have this residence program, and they are also providing uh, psychological support, language support.
support and, and but also support in terms of um, funding opportunities because they may stay for longer in, in other countries and of course they need funding opportunities. But I think this exile journalism, there's also the Kerber Foundation in Germany who are putting that all together. But I imagine, unfortunately, we are at the beginning of a new era where we have more exile German journalism. We are not prepared for that yet. But um, that's something done, I see, in Germany, for example. They are starting to think about that more, and I'm sure in other countries as well. But it will be interesting to deal with that uh, more in the future. This is very encouraging for press freedom. Um, exile uh, if needed for, for the time uh, needed and let me uh, on building on this make a little pitch for the afternoon session this afternoon on zoom not on slido and the link will be redistributed to all registered participants on zoom we will have an interaction about nascent ids as we call them which is ids floating around it may be one media only that has an ID looking for a partner or a media that wants to do something but is not quite sure yet. It's very uh, informal. And why uh, does the intervention by Renato make me think about? Because I know, and I will not mention the names, I know that there is a, a group of people who want to create an advertising sales house specifically focusing on channeling commercial revenues to exile media and Ukrainian media. And I find the idea fantastic because, as I said, there is a flood of help right now, but we all know we are part of the problem in the media. Once the cameras have gone, maybe there will be less help. And the exile media will still be there, but struggling. And the citizens will still be needing free information. And the commercial companies which have left uh, to some extent uh, these countries, they will want to go back, they will want to promote their brand and to support good projects. So the idea of an advertising sales house working across border with an EU address uh, but spreading money uh, in these countries I find fantastic. This is a kind of ideas uh, that will be discussed in the afternoon. This sounds very innovative. I don't want to uh, intimidate everybody. You can come with smaller ideas as well, and we will help you uh, to uh, mature them. Now, Lars, I've warned you about a question about diversification and sensitivities with different types of funding. How do you see it? Uh, I, I wish you had given me a little bit more time to think about it, but I don't. No, it's just, it's just a joke. Um, um, yeah, this question uh, comes up. I was uh, recently in a panel in Perugia, uh, uh, specifically talking about it with the Tau Center. And uh, I mean, <coughs> we have three different uh, sources of money at the AGSC. Uh, one of them th is going through European Commission money. Uh, we have uh, several programs there. It's great, but you always have to fund uh, the final percent that is not given to you, which is... Uh, is always tricky because it also puts us all into competition. Uh, maybe we should talk about that as well as at one stage. <coughs> we have uh, tech companies that uh, support it coming from business side. And we have other foundations. Uh, we have a great partnership with the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Um, all combined, I mean, I just heard uh, 8 million being distributed uh, from the uh, European Commission. All combined, I think in the next two to three years, we will probably make available for journalism around 5 million. Um, the question is, of course, focusing on uh, should you work with Google, Facebook, uh, YouTube, uh, Meta, 
Uh, we work with some of them and we have worked with some of them in the past. Um, I would say that uh, we have found a model to work with it in a good way b by being a firewall between the funding and the work that is being supported or being developed. Uh, is that perfect? No. Uh, this discussion about uh, technology and tech companies is always going to be there. In, in Perugia, I used the analogy, which is a little bit uh, counterbalancing this, or at least makes us think about it. Um, if they don't fund it, you will lose out on, uh, I think, only by Google itself, through Google News Initiative, about 300 million uh, globally. It's, it's a massive amount of money. Uh, Facebook through or Meta has uh, supported uh, Ukraine with 15 million through Internews USA. These are substantial amounts, and it's not that there is a condition connected to it. It's they go through other parties. In the past, uh, journalism was uh, lavishly uh, supported by advertising, which was oil, uh, sugar, uh, well, all the things that now seem to kill us. Uh, and, uh, and, and we never ha we did we have this discussion. Certainly, so it's it's I would say it's a similar discussion. Uh, funding has been there. Uh, some of the profits have been insane. Uh, it was great, but it's gone now, and now we contemplate it. Uh, yeah, I would say it's difficult for me that tech companies uh, support directly, because then that's where the influence, and we know how much influence they try to achieve through here in Brussels through uh, lobbying. Uh, but I think we should find ways to, to also s look at the good side of it, that the money that they make available are, um, is, is uh, supporting journalism. In, in major ways, I've seen examples of uh, support they gave in uh, India, which is incredible, a big impact. Um, yeah, so keep having this discussion. Uh, we are comfortable right now by doing it like we are doing it, the way being a firewall. But uh, I'm also happy that people are very much against it because it keeps the the the, the, the discussion very, very strong and, uh, and tight. And also uh, make sure that we, as a uh, foundation uh, who is sometimes bringing in money, but sometimes also as a funder, is able to, to navigate this way. Uh, and finally, of course, uh, we monitor what they are doing and we see the problems and the, and, and the difficulties. So we also are mindful of it and, uh, and, and should be part of also being critically following tech companies, um, which are huge and have a major influence in the global public sphere. Yeah. Right, thank you very much, uh, Lars. We have 10 more minutes uh, for interactions before the coffee break and then the award ceremony you are all uh, looking for. Uh, I'd like to answer my own question uh, to you, Lars, to <laughs> complement uh, your answer. Actually, not to contradict uh, at all, and at the same time, uh, to uh, also address again the uh, session we have in the afternoon. You use the notion of a firewall between the tech companies and the grantees. And my own experience is that uh, a number of organizations play the same role vis-a-vis -vis the EU institutions. I would say they have two purposes. One is to respect, uh, indeed, the independence of the media that is co-funded. And the other one, frankly, is to uh, cut the bureaucracy uh, because we deal with the heavy and necessary 
uh, application forms uh, given that it's public money and we simplify it very much uh, for the applicants. Uh, so the form, as you know Lars uh, and Renate as well, the form to apply for Stars for Media is very light uh, actually. You have to describe uh, who you are. Uh, ideally, you already provide a partner. If not, we will help you to find a partner, if possible. And then you describe your ID, the approach, some milestones, how you will lose, uh, use uh, the money, um, and uh, yeah, not, not lose, indeed. Um, and it's very much of a lump sum approach. And the amounts now for Stars for Media are about five times what they were before. So we are getting into a bigger project which should be, which should be uh, making it uh, attractive and also a lot more coaching. So it's not only money, it's also expertise that is available with this kind of a consortium partner. And the final thing is that this uh, project Stars for Media is co-funded by the EU, meaning that it's open to complementary funding by other organizations and why not uh, um, some uh, corporates uh, as well. Uh, final point uh, on this, uh, I have a lot of experience of the EU, so I was not expecting interference from the Commission, and indeed it has never happened. I never got any email from an EU official saying, uh, why don't you look positively at this or that uh, application. We would not be against getting some ideas, by the way, there is a difference between an ID and some pressure, and in any case, our consortium has been organized so that some of us, like Renate, are on the jury and they are not there to help the applications before they are made. And others are so-called process coaches. So it's completely okay for us to help people make some uh, application. And I would like, in this regard, to put uh, one question from Slido to you, uh, Lars. Uh, it's, uh, I, I can mention the name and it's clearly a Slavic name, but I don't know from which country. Beata Lavrinovica. What are the first steps to join a network of partnership for national media from Eastern countries that has no previous cooperation experience on European level? Whom uh, to approach? So that's a very uh, relevant question for this session. Um, which I probably don't have the, the answer to it, but uh, I, I can also point out that these questions come up more and more. Uh, lots of funding is very often focused on big countries, uh, Germany, France, UK, um, uh, and, and less is, f is focused on Eastern Europe uh, or the South of, of Europe, I think. that uh, Actually, I started a conversation with, uh, with uh, organizations to see how we can improve it, because there's many barriers. It's uh, how to get access to it, how can I join it, what is uh, the language situation? Uh, we think that we can do with English and France lang French language, uh, but it's not uh, only that uh, that helps it because uh, that creates a barrier. I think we should do much more. Um, again, this also plays into this part of uh, uh, is there an overarching uh, uh, organization or uh, a place to go where you can find where you can apply to things or where you can uh, get support in, in uh, them. It's not the answer to this direct question, say you should go there, uh, but I'm happy to, uh, to, uh, to be in touch and see where, where the specific question is and see how we can guide it uh, towards. Yeah. So Beata, uh, rest assured, you will get a follow-up answer by email and I suggest that you attend the session this afternoon 
from uh, 2 o'clock uh, on Zoom. There are other questions. We will not be able to handle uh, all of them. Uh, one is about CSR, unexpected approaches, linking new journalism and knowledge management. Um, we will uh, forward this question to somebody from the consortium because I think it would take a long time to first understand the question and then uh, answer it. Uh, there is another question which I would like to put to uh, Paolo, um, but please, the beginning of an answer, and I suggest you are in touch or somebody from your team is in touch afterwards because it's uh, an academic type question. Um, I summarize it. A multidisciplinary approach in research on journalism issues uh, has so far led to more fragmentation. Even the solution of content moderation is a more normative-based solution. How will it provide a solution to quantitatively large data sets and information shared on platforms? While you think about your three sentences, uh, let me add that this is a question that we often discuss on the advisory board of Edmo. So basically, uh, the tech platforms have opened, uh, to some extent, their data to researchers. I'm saying to some extent for two reasons. One is a good reason, which is that they want to avoid uh, the typical uh, Kremlin troll uh, to misuse that data. The less good reason is that they are very protective, and this is something that we encountered already during the high-level expert group on disinformation. Juliane will uh, remember that. Um, basically, at the end of the day, uh, what the public sphere needs is to have some influence on the algorithms. Uh, of the platforms, and this is core to their business models, so they are not exactly open to getting rid of the uh, clickbait. So I've talked long enough for you to summarize the beginning of your answer. <laughs> you, you made the conclusion of the answer, now I have to find out the beginning. <laughs> no, the, the beginning is uh, uh, simple. I mean, uh, multidisciplinary uh, investigation in the journalistic spheres already happened now. Uh, the question of access to data to the platforms is a separate question, uh, issue. Uh, and you can, there is a lot can be done in order to have a, a different and more in-depth information by simply combining actual knowledge that exists and skills that exist from the scientific side, from data analysis and network analysis side with journalistic uh, uh, approaches. And that can be done. The, the issue about data is indeed about more in-depth uh, research. And uh, the, uh, the access to it, I think it is going to be a progressive uh, uh, path thanks to the change in regulatory environments, thanks to the new code uh, that hopefully will reply to this question in a more straightforward, uh, the code of practice on this information, uh, that uh, will reply to this need in a more direct uh, manner. And then the rest, it would be for the researchers uh, to harness this uh, wealth of, of data for purposes that can have a real impact uh, uh, through identification of uh, solutions, concrete solutions. And so I forgot to mention the name of the uh, person putting this question, Olivia Piecieski, possibly from a Slavic country uh, as well. I encourage you to look also at the research which is done in the circles of uh, Edmo, which is uh, quite relevant. To finish this session, I'd like to give you 30 seconds each, not more, uh, to do a small elevator pitch. Imagine that you meet in the elevator the publisher of a medium-sized national group with little experience of uh, EU projects, a certain reluctance, you know, all these bureaucrats in Brussels trying to regulate us, etc. Uh, how would you 
start uh, getting this person, this media publisher, interested in any of his projects, you know, whether philanthropy-based, uh, business-funded, uh, or EU-funded. At the end of the day, we have complementary approaches but similar goals, which is to help uh, the media innovate. How would you, in 30 seconds, get this person to uh, read your document or get a, a follow-up uh, meeting? Uh, Max, uh, you seem the most confident with your big smile, <laughs> so you go first. It's always risky to smile. Um, last year, we started the Philanthropy for Climate movement. In the beginning, 15 foundations were involved. Today, just under 600 foundations are involved. Why don't we start now, with the help of the EU, the Philanthropy for Journalism movement? I would focus on Stars for Media because I'd like them to say uh, hello. I'm, I'm representing Stars for Media and we have solutions to problems you haven't even found yet. Uh, so talk to us and, and uh, bring in uh, another uh, partner with you so we can help you with uh, uh, finding ways to innovate and uh, help also to identify the business models behind it. Great. Renate? Well, yeah, I would on the one hand also refer to EU projects that make it possible to think a bit more about funding model, as very often publishers also say they cannot pay their journalists anymore because there is a lack of funding, so there are new ways of, of, of giving that uh, possibility and there is a beauty also of cooperative trans-European cooperation within the EU because many media still work too much at national level, I believe. Right. Paolo? Well, I would say simply that, uh, um, that there is a need for any media to uh, diversify a uh, source of funding and to embrace new uh, activities because the digital transformation will change their own uh, traditional way of working. So pr uh, the... Uh, I would pitch for MF by saying that there are opportunities to explore these additional activities at low cost and uh, in the areas which may be uh, important for the future, both uh, for checking but also investigative journalism, data-driven investigative journalism. And my own answer, uh, talking to a media publisher that would be uh, met in the elevator or listening to this session, uh, would be two things. First of all, listen to others who made it. In 15 minutes, there is the award ceremony. Uh, they are mostly young innovators, and we are now moving to uh, bigger media, bigger projects, etc. So it's becoming even more relevant for you. And this afternoon at 2 o'clock, if you don't have good ideas there yet, you will uh, hear some others who are looking for partners. Because there are typically in consortium people carrying ideas but with too little resources. And then there are people with resources and a larger organization with maybe not enough innovation. And we try to match the two uh, together. So as indicated, we now have a coffee break. During the coffee break, those of you who are watching online, you will see some past uh, videos of uh, previous events and or, I'm not sure in which order, a little overview and infographic regarding this call uh, for proposals, Stars for Media, with a deadline on the 30th of June. So get your ideas going, prepare your questions for the uh, Zoom session, and at, uh, at 11.45 uh, we meet again in the same uh, setting for the award ceremony. Thank you very much.
illustrative of what we wanted to reach with this Stars for Media pilot program, which is a program that aims to innovate the European media sector through the exchange of competencies, skills, and the exchange of media professional around innovative ideas. This kind of a program was an amazing opportunity for a startup who is developing something so new that it's still a bit difficult to grasp what it is. We just developed the first cross-border investigative report about this topic. It's a podcast show dealing with Europe, focusing on six national conflicts that today still tear apart somehow each to a different extent some of the member states of the EU. Our aim is to discuss and investigate structural racism using solutions journalism approach. Reports on the consequences of the pandemic, but also on bigger uh, chat European challenges. The point of a pilot project is to test an idea for a permanent program. When I was a student activist, we lobbied for Erasmus to be transformed from a pilot project to a permanent uh, program. Stars for Media and Brother projects, so to say, will never be as big, but they could become permanent. I do think that Stars for Media is a very good project showcasing the strength, creativity and innovation of media professionals in difficult times. It's now with COVID, when the, for the first time I believe that this independent media network uh, is in real risk of extension. The European Parliament recognizes that direct funding for culture and creative sector through EU programs is inevitable limited, but believes that smart use of existing instruments can help. European Parliament believes that the most effective way to deliver such support is through the already existing sector-specific guarantee facility under Creative Europe. It is very important for maintaining editorial independence in these times. At the same time, we are all aware that funding the media sector is challenging from this perspective. Funding available um, directly from the state may put in danger editorial independence and there have been examples of member states, we are, uh, all know them. At the EU level, to solve these disruptive effects uh, at the media market, it requires both uh, legislation and financial support mechanism. The long-term aim of the Commission is uh, to provide stable funding uh, to, to, to media freedom and pluralism uh, projects. When it comes to the news program, uh, you know that I very much support that. I think it's important to uh, innovate here, to give uh, space, as I said, um, in terms of funding also to to uh, yeah, find new ways of, of um, strengthening the business models. The health of the news media sector is directly related to the health of our democracies. And the diagnosis is unfortunately varying. This meeting has three legs. On the one hand, you have the bottom-up innovation coming from startups, from junior innovators in media groups. On the other hand, you have industrial policy. And then there is a big picture, which is about policy, funding, and strategy for the overall media sector. We found that creative sector and media 
are sectors where the impact of the crisis, of the pandemic crisis, is very, very strong. Publishers with economic difficulties have less freedom to do independent journalism. For this reason, the Media Action Plan of the European Commission and the new support and funding opportunities for our sector are really very important. Words must be followed by actions, and let me summarize this, the needs uh, in, in five points. Better environment for credible, independent and ethical journalism, pluralistic media at national level, regional level and local level, self-regulatory mechanisms in all European countries, professional media to fight disinformation and improve working conditions for journalists. The crisis has also had a positive effect in the sense that it has highlighted the importance of truthful, non-partisan journalism. Philanthropy's uh, niche is that filling the gaps of what everyone else's responsibility is not, not achieving. And that takes us to uh, the local news, the niche uh, thematic areas of I know, science and development and other areas where journalism matters even most. We need um, always a combination of good democratic regulation, what we are missing at the moment, um, and um, innovation and upskilling people, journalists and media professionals. For the first time, we will have a funding envelope dedicated to media pluralism under the Creative Europe program. It will notably provide support for journalistic partnerships in the form of grants. Creative Europe will have a budget of 2.2 billion. This is the biggest ever commitment to support EU cultural and creative sectors. Creative Europe, it is true for the very first time there will be a dedicated funding envelope for news media activities. Here the focus will be on collaboration, transnational collaboration activities. And we think that the more diverse the collaboration, the more uh, encompassing, broad encompassing in terms of diversity of media outlets, the better. The project called Stars for Media is a great example of collaboration to develop innovative ideas. These pilot projects have uh, proved to be very, very useful in really raising awareness on the importance of investing in the news media sector. The project called Stars for Media is a great example of collaboration to develop innovative ideas. The current condition we are all living in, I think, reminded us um, very clearly and very acutely uh, how important uh, reliable information is and how important it is that it reaches its audiences. And of course, innovation is key in this endeavor. And this is one of my main points, is how to connect between young innovators and the top leadership uh, of the media sector in order to speed up uh, change. One of the things that we wanted to achieve for the Stars for Media second edition was to receive uh, some 80 uh, uh, initiative proposals. This kind of initiative that puts together collaboration, innovation and in our case 
multidisciplinary teams of media professionals that work together, well, in our humble, limited experience, is, is paying off. is it possible to use utilize this trend of TikTok, this hype and but create meaningful european content we want to utilize our partners and our network and our six years of expertise in european storytelling to make border breaking journalism about european issues for TikTok. we are a group of uh, four people and the team is um, led by me the idea the idea is uh, to uh, elaborate uh, um, uh, geospatial uh, information for what is called environmental intelligence uh, using uh, satellite pictures and uh, AI. About, about one quarter of people says agrees with the sentence journalism keeps me informed about stuff that is relevant to my lives and and very very few people only 16% I think say say uh, journalism really uses the right tone to, to reach me to really address me. What people resent most is a lack of people able to cooperate across organizations, across multidisciplinary silos, and also across borders. So as Mohan said earlier, uh, it's really the people that are the opportunity, but also uh, the problem. We've seen a, a, an incredible rise of innovation in Europe. We've seen unicorns arriving, so we see scale-ups uh, that are arriving. However, the funding is very often done by US companies. So we've seen that uh, a lot of that still arrives in US hands. It's not an, an issue in itself because the most important is to be successful, but I think uh, something can, can be done there. At the national level in some member states, it would be useful to benchmark these different programs and to pick the best and to boost them by giving them more financial resources and to uh, bring them together, to federate them uh, around some programs. Thanks to the, in the first place, to the European Parliament, we are able already, in a way, to be a precursor uh, and implement uh, in these precarious situations, uh, you know, uh, um, some support measures that maybe drop in the ocean, but still are crucial to indeed uh, spearhead innovation in the European media.
Welcome back to Media for Europe, an event that is part of a series aimed to foster discussion about the European media sector. Uh, in the first part of the day, we had the opportunity to discuss about some challenges and support for the media sector, notably the newly launched St uh, Stars for Media News program with its call for proposals uh, aimed to support business and newsroom transformation across Europe. In this part, it will be my pleasure to go back a bit to the previous edition of Stars for Media that is currently coming to an end, Stars for Media second edition, and to bring to your attention some of the initiatives that were most successful in achieving the goals that they set at the beginning of their Stars for Media journey. To recap, Stars for Media's second edition was implemented by a consortium of four partners, Free Universität Brussel, Europe's Media Lab, the World Association of News Publishers and the European Federation of Journalists, with the support of the European Union. Um, it gathered media professionals from over 20 European media countries, uh, European countries, and it's uh, a bit less than Eurovision, I think, but still a quite diverse uh, group of uh, media professionals that work together on uh, 30 cross-border initiatives. These were also grouped across thematic waves, as we call them, the first one being journalism, trust and participation, the second one, media technology and marketing, and a third one that we broadly named Other Innovations. Today, uh, it is my great pleasure to highlight some of these, uh, mainly, again, grouped around these thematic waves and two special awards. Without uh, further ado, and to, uh, to cut short the suspense, uh, I will start with the first initiative that comes under the wave Trust, Journalism and Participation, and that brings us closer to local audiences. It is an initiative implemented by two partners, one coming from France, another one from Belgium, uh, and they are Café Babel and Brussels One. Uh, it's an initiative that uh, tried to move farther away from Eurocentrism and to bring local stories to audiences from different countries. Mainly, they created a series of TV broadcasts that were uh, showed monthly on a series of different topics, starting from refugee crisis to um, ur uh, urban, uh, farms. urban farms, exactly, thank you. Um, showcasing them really from a local perspective, but from diverse countries. I will uh, invite here next to me François Fameli, who came from Paris, from Café Babel, to tell us a bit more how this cooperation benefited them and what are your further plans. François, welcome. Thank you. And because our jury also thought that you were very successful in implementing your your initiative and in your cooperation that seemed to be really outstanding in the way that you work together, we have here a certificate that awards you the Journalist Trust and Participation Award and then later you'll get also some goodies from our side, but more about Thank that you. in a bit. Um, I invite you actually here to the microphone to, uh, to tell us a bit more uh, about uh, how did Stars for Media work for you? Thank you very much. So you said it. The idea was to work in the field of solutions journa journalism. And Café Babel is an online media. We are actually speaking about EU affairs for the youth in um, different languages. And we never had the occasion to work with a local broadcaster, in this case, a television. 
So it was the very uh, first um, occasion for us to, to work uh, with the television. We had the chance to work in French because uh, BX1, Bruxelles 1, is a French uh, TV broadcaster. And uh, the idea was to create together a global information, let's say. So how to interest uh, the audience of BX1, BX1 of uh, European affairs. Uh, how to talk about Europe, you know, in, uh, in the local media. It's really not evident because uh, we do not have absolutely the same audience, we can say. We are mainly working with the youth online as multimedia, doing podcasts, text and videos, and they are on TV. So the idea was to provide a monthly show about uh, 29, uh, 28 minutes and we create a, a reportage for each transmission. So we work together on the topic. Um, so our reduction used to work together to define the topic, as you said, urban farms, uh, how to welcome refugees, etc. And uh, we provide a reportage of three to five minutes to build into the, um, the show. And uh, the idea was to talk about the same topic with a local point of view and interviewing um, uh, a reportage made, um, made in a foreign country. So um, definitely it was a, a great occasion for us because, as I said, it was the first occasion to work with television. We learned a lot uh, in the workflow, um, in the way to, and to talk also about solutions journalism and to have common references because um, we really believe that uh, we need to create a truth between us and our readers also by um, telling new stories and new narratives and solutions journalism is a way to do that. But we didn't have common references how to do solutions journalism without going into communication, uh, being a media and not a communication operator. And finally, it was really interesting to talk about it with, uh, with uh, the big sound channel. And I would like also to thank um, all, the, um, uh, all the team of uh, Stars for Media because uh, it, was, uh, it was not easy and we had the occasion to be teached also, um, not only by your team, but also by the, um, the teachers you had. Uh, I remember um, Gilles van der Putten, for example, from uh, journal Journaliste d'Espoir, uh, who helped us. And uh, it was really important uh, for us to be to be teached to to go until uh, the end of this project. We produced uh, five shows, and uh, you can see it on uh, Bakes One Channel. Thank you very much. I also invite you to to stay with us, maybe to take a seat uh, behind on the on the stage. Uh, meanwhile, we uh, we go on with the conversation, but actually I'm very happy that you mentioned the contribution of uh, Gilles from Reporter d'Espoir, who was one of the coaches in the Stars of Media second edition. We tried already in the second edition to have a small component of coaching uh, by having some uh, experts in the media field who could be there on call or based on their interest and expertise for uh, uh, different initiatives to provide advice needed when needed and some guidance. However, this component is much more enhanced in Stars for Media news uh, as already mentioned we really will try to have coaches that guide the projects really to transform and to innovate in the realm of uh, business and sustainability uh, 
sustainability in innovations was also one of the criteria that was reassessed at the end of the implementation period for Stars for Media second edition um, by the consortium and by the jury members to see which of the initiatives maybe could go on in the future or contributed somehow the business sustainabilities of the company, companies involved. Uh, the one that I will highlight now uh, pertains to the wave media technology and marketing and comes from rather distant countries, from Spain and Sweden, implemented by partners with also rather diverse profiles, Vocento Group and Crancho, which uh, has a much more tech profile than Vocento. And it's an initiative that managed to bring information closer to local audience. Particularly, uh, they developed an, an AI-powered guide that provides information for Malaga, for the province of Malaga, called Diario Sur. This offers a live search possibility for the audiences to uh, plan their uh, free time, to look for restaurants, to look for hotels, and also to contribute with recommend recommendations of different events taking place in their area. The information is available in three languages, English, Spanish, and German. Uh, and it allows uh, the audience to be more connected to the world around them. Uh, Saura Lopez from Vocento traveled all the way from Spain. Saura, welcome Thank and congratulations you for your work. Thank you. That is for you. Thank you. Um, and I also welcome you here to tell us a bit Thank more you. of your uh, of your initiative. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Hello, everyone, and good morning. Uh, first. First of all, uh, thanks to the, to the entire Star for Media team to have the opportunity to be here today. It was be a great opportunity for us to be able to work with people from different uh, from different countries and backgrounds. In our case, from the media side, and also in the case of Cruncho for the technical side. Uh, there is something that I would like to highlight from this from this experience, and it's the opportunity to take a risk as a company. Some time ago, I read a quote that say, uh, when you take risks and they work out, they lead to new capabilities you never saw before. Sometimes large companies have difficulties in developing innovation projects because the financial risks. And it is one of the great challenges that we have as a big companies. Thanks to this initiative, we have the opportunity to take financial risks away and test a new product for three months. This is crucial, experimentation and testing. From this process, from this process is where the innovation comes from. Now we have a new product for our users that increase our value proposition uh, as a media company. The time and the space that Star for Media gave us uh, brings us the opportunity to, weigh our, uh, to take away the risk and innovate as a company. Likewise, this program has allowed us to learn how to work in an agile way that sometimes in big companies is not the easy way to work. Uh, we have also benefits from working with a company who has developed a specific solution for our users. For me, basically, the cross-collaboration, it was the most important contribution uh, from this program as a pillar of the open innovation. Thank you very much for the opportunity and thank you very much for your support. Thank you as well, Sarah.
Um, it is really gladdening to hear about the importance of cross-border collaboration because we take this further in Stars for Media News and we encourage again companies with different profiles to work together. Uh, usually, in the case of Stars for Media, previous editions, it happened to be that uh, many of the companies with very complementary skills worked to uh, foster innovation and actually to uh, contribute with diff very different knowledge to what they were doing and to enhance, therefore, uh, sustainability and also provide different content. Um, at the same time, I would like uh, you, uh, to invite you also to check the results of all the Stars for Media initiatives. Even though today we are highlighting some of those who were outstanding, uh, you would see by looking at the Stars for Media website, starsformedia.eu, under the section, section second edition, uh, a full list of beneficiaries as well as their results, which are really diverse and really impressive, ranging from covering untold stories to developing new business solutions. Uh, and in spite of the challenge of working remotely mostly, may I remind you that Stars for Media uh, started at the beginning of the COVID crisis, so people were forced, uh, volunteers Nolens, to work uh, virtually. Uh, the results are truly, truly diverse and um, really relevant for the situation in which the media sector is at the moment. Moving on, uh, we talked about uh, Vosento and Crunchu, who uh, developed a solution for uh, local audiences. But as a local consumer, uh, sometimes you are curious to discover other places and to know maybe what are other people in new locations listening to, what do they believe in. Um, for that, an initiative implemented by ARI Europe from the Netherlands, Nova Saga and Bear Radio from Germany uh, developed a new platform here. If I pronounce it correctly, I will be told uh, by uh, more by the representative of ARI Europe in a second. Um, but the interesting thing about this platform is the fact that it allows you for look for content curated by local podcast producers in different languages and to immerse into that world and also maybe to contribute to the platform as well. Uh, I invite next to me Stein Frankfurter from ARI Europe to tell us a bit more about their initiative Under the Wave, labeled broadly Other Innovations. That is for you, yes, Stein. Sure. Thank you very much. So, first of all, and I want to start with uh, thanking Stars for Media. Um, because for our organization, this was truly a collaborative uh, project. Um, for us, it was not only an opportunity to work with other organizations that we envied before, that we haven't worked with before, but it was also an opportunity to work with organizations that had a different skill set, and that was super important for us. It was not only to learn from them in the sense of, you know, like, what does it mean to work in Germany or in Belgium or in the Netherlands, but it was also what type of methods are you using and how can we learn from, from each other to that extent. And I am really happy to share that, you know, like we continue our collaboration. So it was not only about this collaboration, but also was about sustainability that we uh, continue our collaboration still now today and in the future. So that's for me and I think for the entire team was a, a very valuable lesson um, and something that I want to thank Stars for Media for because this is something that you really as an organization initiated for, uh, for us. Um, that being mentioned, um, I also want to thank for giving us the opportunity to, to innovate, basically. Um, we heard it before, uh, sometimes innovation, or most times innovation is about getting out of your, uh, out of your comfort zone. 
And I remember vividly that we had this conversation about, okay, we want to innovate how people are listening to audio. Uh, actually, uh, just a little bit before uh, Start for Media, and then this opportunity uh, uh, arise. Um, where we had the shared frustration on, on how can we make sure that audio is being experienced in a different way. And um, for us, this, this Starts for Media edition was really a way to, uh, to kickstart this. Um, and we want to thank you for that. Um, also, finally, uh, I think it's really valuable also taking into the next cycle of Stars for Media that we were felt that we were taken seriously uh, um, over here. Like we were doing innovation over here. We got the opportunity, we got the skills, um, but within a safe framework, so to say, um, with the support that we, uh, that we got from you. And that is extremely valuable. I'm also really happy to say from, again, a sustainability perspective that we continue this project um, we uh, have uh, uh, found funding for at least the upcoming eight months to continue the project that we initiated with, with Stars for Media. So that's something that I'm extremely uh, happy about. Um, and also, finally, I just wanted to say, because today we talked a lot about Ukraine, um, and this is not really related to our project, but I just wanted to say that we printed, uh, or we had our first print, mag or our, our print magazine about Ukraine called Beyond the Headlines. Uh, also a form of innovation, I would say, um, where um, we wanted to report about Ukraine as well, but then in a different matter. Um, what is it that the big media companies like Directive are not talking about? And that is a perspective that we wanted to share. So for those who are over here, feel free to, uh, to take one uh, later on. Thanks. Thank you very much. And, uh, Thank you for bringing back the discussion to the importance of uh, collaborating and collabor uh, collaborating across borders and moreover paying attention to current topics and the crisis that is happening um, due or due to the to the war in Ukraine. We're going to uh, be curious to to skim through the magazine later and also to engage in a discussion of how can we further advance the collaboration with Eastern European media. The results achieved by uh, Stars for Media's second edition initiatives are even more impressive when you think that the participants had only four months to uh, implement their projects and to develop those, uh, taking into account the fact that they collaborate maybe with a new partner in a different language, testing a new idea, uh, and therefore it is really much um, appreciated and uh, supported by the jury and therefore we also continue with the format of shorter implementation period in the first phase of the Starts for Media News program which is called Explore which provides an opportunity for uh, beneficiaries to really test ideas, to test the same innovative component that Stein was mentioning earlier and to see what works, what doesn't and if actually some solution works to take it further in a boost phase that will last a bit longer with greater financial support. So we continue the good practices and the lessons learned from building on the lessons learned from Stars for Media second edition in the third round. Now coming back to the uh, initiatives that were very successful in the, this, uh, this round, uh, I would like to highlight two special categories. We talked about trust, journalism and participation, media technology, marketing, other innovations, but there are also two other categories that link to the new edition of Stars for Media. These are, firstly, business transformation. 
under the category of business transformation, we thought about an initiative that really exchanged skills and really contributed to the sustainability of one main partner, but with a strong learning component from the others. This is the initiative implemented by Compromiso Empresarial, Instituto de Periodismo Constructivo, and Innovation Consulting Media Group. Uh, from Spain and the UK. Uh, UK, by the way, unfortunately is not anymore eligible for Stars on Media News, but they had some quite uh, good contribution to the second edition. Um, and it is my great pleasure today to have here Manuel uh, Martinez coming from Spain, from Compromiso Empresarial and Fundacion uh, Has, with Revista Has. Uh, that was the partner that actually got a lot of training, got a lot of advice of how to improve their business and their constructive journalism approach. Manuel, welcome here and tell us a bit more of what did you manage to do. Thank you very much. Before I forget, that goes to you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I have to say that I took notes from all my colleagues, really to take some thoughts now from the local team in Spain and also from our partners. So I will promise to, to fit the timetable that we have. So really, it's uh, both a pleasure and an honor no, uh, to be here today on behalf of the Art Foundation. Thank you for this award, as it is a great motivation to continue in our exciting mission to strengthen society's trust in institutions and companies by promoting transparency, good governance, and social commitment. This award is critical for us because it supports uh, the innovative uh, change we are making as part of the new strategy on our Ad uh, Magazine. As a non-profit organization, Ad Foundation, we were facing big challenges uh, to our long plan. The first one is related to bringing new areas of content by involving experts who can provide new leadership on constructive journalism. And the second one is to move into a new business model by creating a strategy of revenue generation uh, to achieve sustainability. So this award has arrived at the best moment to enhance our will and engagement to continue uh, in this strategy. Your economic support is no help, as Lars said before. Uh, it's highly welcome by the team to help on some of basic needs we have. Our team is composed of a variety of different profiles, experiences, ideas, and origins. This has enabled our outstanding leadership to proceed forcefully and to work together with other colleagues and projects towards achieving our goals. To be recognized by the jury for, this, uh, for the Stars for Media uh, Prize only further strengthen our resolve to continue our work. With the application of this award program, our magazine team has been able to develop a new strategic plan for success in both the short and long term. This is based on 
awareness of current working methods, the challenges we must face, the opportunities we have before us, and uh, how we can learn from others to enhance our capabilities and executing a new journalist model with greater impact and sustainability. This award has allowed us to put together a true European team of experts on different topics related to a new journalism model and also to learn how to be self-funding by getting a higher frequency of visits by readers and converting them into the paying subscribers for the media service we provide in our magazine. These types of initiatives like this one from Stars for Media are needed in Europe or to share thoughts, ideas, and best practices without country and or political barriers. This award has incentivized the team to speak up through our magazine on the values we believe in. We are encouraged by the support we have received from others to continue our work without fears of the challenges we face, uh, we face. As I come from a long background in human resources, and I'm a strong believer in people and human capital, a quick mention, please, on the uh, following collaborators uh, uh, is a must. From Ad Magazine, Esther Barrio, Paloma Sarfausen, and Maria Lopez Escorial. I know that they are engaged and just following this meeting. From the Institute of Constructive Journalism, Alfredo Casares, great professionals. Aitor Moreno and Maria Angeles Garcia with the critical role of training and mentoring team members of this new journalism model. I'm from UK, from Innovation Media Consulting Group, Junio, uh, Juan Señor, Lucio Mesquita, and Marion Wiss from the UK consultant company, Innovation Media, focused on innovation in magazines, experts on capturing young readers, content creation, digital expertise, advertising, monetization of content, and audience growth. Stash for Media has in enhanced the commitment and know-how to be aligned in our efforts to create a new brand and name for the magazine, to create a new content on constructive journalism and the next launch of the Constructive Journalism Spanish Award, to improve by training experienced collaborators, to create a proposal of income generation and to have the opportunity to receive important guidance through the work done on content and income generation ideas. As I said, thanks for Star Media. Thanks for all professionals behind. Very appreciated because our life has been easy applying for this prize, but also learning uh, as professionals in that uh, arena. Um, really for trusting in our projects. So thanks a lot. Thank you as well. What Stars for Media does is eventually to uh, 
to give a nudge, to give that first push for some collaborations that maybe would have not happened otherwise or would have been impossible without at least a little bit of financial support. Hence, we are glad to see the results and we are glad to see that it is uh, possible to start something. And then it is really in your hands to continue. And we hope that the sustainability that we talk that much about is actually possible and that this also motivates you to look further to continue advancing and also to start maybe new collaborations even between you, the ones here on the stage and the other Stars for Media beneficiaries as well as other media companies from countries that were not previously involved in Stars, uh, Stars for Media and to, uh, to really continue innovating in the media sector. Last but not least, I would like to turn back to the newsroom. Uh, the newsroom where innovating sometimes translates into bringing new stories to life or it as well translates into how to look for a story, how to systemize stories, what to create, what type of other editorial products to create in the newsroom. This time we would like to invite an initiative that uh, brought to collaborate the European uh, um, EFE agency from Spain, EPA, which is uh, the European Press Photo Agency, and a technological partner coming from Germany, Design AI. Their initiative called Next Generation Video Understanding for News Content actually allows to systemize different types of video and to analyze those based on a benchmarking model. I will let Javier Picasso here from EFE uh, to tell us a bit more how, what did you learn maybe technology-wise collaborating with uh, uh, a partner that is really specialized in AI implementation and how did that benefit your newsroom? Welcome, Javier, and con congratulations as well. That is for you. Well, first of all, thank you very much to all. This is a great honor, a great pleasure to be here. And thank you to the Start for Media um, team because they made life easy and everything went smooth. And we always had great professionals on the other side. So that's, that's something that we have to highlight. Um, and of course, thank you because Stars for Media is, is not only an opportunity to the companies, to media and to small companies maybe of IT to create something new, but, but Stars for Media is part of the change. It's part of the change, which is really important. Um, they change not only the way you used to be uh, you used to work at your company, but al also the way others work. So you not only learn about IT, you don't only learn how to create a new product, but you learn about people. And that's the core of, of change always. The opportunity to be part of another culture, which um, always gives you a complete different vision of what you are doing good and, and what you are doing not so good. So uh, business model is, is changing. Business model is in, in a continuous change, but uh, at this moment, with the, cri the crisis of the traditional media is leading us to a new dynamics. And of course, for Agencia FA, it's, not, um, it's, it's like that also. So we are in the middle of um, a huge newsroom transformation, uh, which is not only technological, but also with products and also with people, because we don't have to forget that um, the journalists and the humans are the core of all changes in the newsroom. So we can create 
um, different products, but we always have to, uh, people need to be part of the change, people need to be motivated, people need to learn, and people need to improve in order to give the best that they have. So um, that is what we, what motivated us to present this, um, this application to the Stars for Media. So we try to think how we can help our journalists to work better, how we can help our journalists to be happier with the work that they do. And, and of course, we had to choose some um, different ideas. Um, and again, thank you to Stars for Media because uh, the sky's the limit with Stars for Media. I mean, you can think really um, a crazy uh, idea and then you can try to put it in, in, in March. So, um, our idea was to try to use in, uh, artificial intelligence with videos, with the huge amount of videos that we have daily, and, and try to help our journalists to get an automated metadata and, and automated uh, big data for the archive and, and help them and help us to get a bigger um, product and a better product for our clients. So um, we not only learn a lot from this small Germany, German company, which was Videre, and they, they help us a lot, but we also learn how many things that we were not doing greatly. So in this process, as I said, uh, are not only te technological process or product process, but uh, also human, and that's really important. Um, as I said, um, we will apply again for the Stats for Media because this is um, very important, hugely important for, for our company, not only uh, in order to create uh, new products, but also to create synergy between, um, between companies from, from Europe with different cultures. So for us, multimedia is a key. Everything should be multimedia, and everything is going to be multimedia. Um, we have uh, big changes on live journalism, mobile journalism, big data archive, metadata, as I said, also on translation. So um, all of those are automated process that um, we, we cannot uh, achieve those projects by our own, but we need some partners, technological partners in order to do it. So um, also I want to highlight the importance for us with the fake news. Um, for us it's not only something hugely important, fake news and social media and how we communicate and how we fight the fake news, but it's also a commitment um, with all the citizens. So um, also improving on the way we fight the fake news should be um, something that will be leading us in, in short and medium terms. Um, um, as I said, I just want to again thank Star for Media and, and the group, the amazing group that you have here because uh, you did a great work uh, with us and I hope we can work again in so many different projects and again, thank you. Thank you. Thank you as well and uh, congratulations to all of you for, for your great work and for taking the idea further and also for your courage to engage in Stars for Media. 
because again, testing new ideas also in a program that maybe uh, you had plenty of questions about, you didn't know yet, uh, was a challenge. So congratulations for that and for the, for the great cooperations that you set on place. I also welcome back next to me Christophe Leclerc, who is uh, the initiator actually of the Stars for Media idea some many years ago. Uh, so the thank you could go on that side uh, as well. Yes, and uh, thank you, Catalina, for hosting this award ceremony very well. I know it has been a long morning. Uh, there is some repetition in the thanks and the testimonials, etc. But uh, this is expressed uh, from the heart and uh, reflecting the truth uh, of this project. I'd like to address very briefly some thanks, some perspective, and an invitation. Uh, I will not thank all the people involved because it's very many. Some of them in a part-time but very senior role, like the jury members, and uh, I'm thinking, uh, for example, of Renate, of uh, John Paolo back in the room. I will not mention uh, all the names. There are some which are part-time, but uh, a big part-time, uh, like Thierry and many others who help the machinery uh, to work. And then there is the core team, the core team uh, from these five organizations. Um, and I would like to start with uh, VUB, because VUB is the... Uh, uh, Flemish-speaking Brussels University, is the lead of this consortium. Uh, I wish we had with us uh, Luciano Morganti. Uh, he has personal reasons not to be with us, and we have a lot of sympathy for him. You took his role uh, very well. This is uh, maybe inspiration for the future. Uh, we have, indeed, Media Lab, which was the initiator of this uh, program. It started several years ago with pilot projects supported by the European Parliament, uh, initially not the Commission, but some people at the Commission did some feasibility study and so it matured into something bigger, which is now a flagship program, as was said by the Commission of the Journalism uh, Partnership. So that is our main role at the Media Lab uh, to disseminate, to think ahead uh, of the future, etc. Uh, we have Wanifra, represented here by Stephen, but there is uh, big networks behind WANIFRA, which is activating for the next uh, stage. There is EJC, the, Europe, uh, the EFJ, the, the, the trade unions presented earlier um, on, the, on, the, on the podium, and the newcomer coming with lots of energy, uh, EJC. About 10 people are really working uh, on this program. It's a great team. As one of you said, uh, I think it was you, uh, for Stars for Media, the sky is the limit. Indeed, um, maybe not the sky, but a little bit higher uh, than today. Congratulations to all of you for achieving so much within the limitations of the current program. Because let's face it, uh, we had some coaching, but not very much. Uh, we had some money, but really little, and the, the time was very short. So the good news and the perspective I want to bring is that Stars for Media News has a, a lot more money per project, about five times, more time, uh, nearly three times uh, the money, a lot more help before the application for those who wish. There are those who think their applications will fly through, and that's absolutely fine. More coaching afterwards in different ways with people who are really experts in corporate transformation, not only nice little uh, cross-border project. And then I think also more recognition, because for each of the stars here and for the 20 others uh, which have won projects and did a good work uh, as well, and I address them uh, as well, this is a form of recognition which is appreciated. One of the challenges of the media sector, in addition to all the others, press freedom and 
journalists getting killed and business models, one of the challenges, maybe the most important one, is to nurture and retain great people uh, so that we have a future uh, for the sector. So I finish with my invitation. Uh, those who are interested can come back on Zoom and also in this room for those who stay uh, for lunch and interact, uh, discuss ideas which you may have. They may be very embryonic. They may be just a question. Find partners, etc. Um, it will be moderated by Stephen here and by Catalina with the support uh, of the others. And uh, I'm sure something will emerge out of that. Then you have six weeks in order to transform initial ideas into proper application. The deadline is the 30th of June. And the next batch of Stars for Media projects will be uh, decided by the jury uh, beginning of September for a start in October, uh, November. So you see that we go relatively fast. It's faster than the EU institutions because our constraints are less. That's the point, that, that's the uh, value of the firewall that we uh, discussed uh, before. So these are my final words um, before uh, handing over uh, back to uh, Catalina, who will probably announce the uh, lunch break or anything else she has uh, on her mind. It was great to see you uh, today. Thanks for those interacting online. I know it takes more patience online than being uh, in the room. We hope to see you in the flesh very soon. Thank you. Thank you, Christophe. What else is left to say than that we have a lunch break starting now and that I also invite the consortium partners uh, on the stage for a picture behind the cameras uh, in a few moments. Thank you everyone for being with us and uh, hope to see you in the afternoon part as well for brainstorming on new ideas for the Stars Media program.